You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uh, uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions. Talking all things, Pac-12 football at least for another year or so but that's what we're doing so we're doing today dave went with the uh who's the guy the uh the, the painter guy that would um, um god bob, they made a movie bob, about him bob, bob, bob yeah bob, bob something yeah uh it's great we're the podcast of champions and uh we gotta talk I love about how your energy just can't stay low it it's can't hard. you gotta you gotta raise some octaves I was I was at the gym at five thirty in the morning, Dave. Mm-hmm. I went. To, I had a dentist appointment that mm-hmm. was finished a little early, which is nice. You know, sometimes you go in. There's like cleaning, and and also the dentist comes in, and, and then they're the like, x-rays. "Oh, we found a fill. We found something we need to fill. Can we just oh do God. it now?" It like takes a long time. Only cleaning yeah. today, nothing else. I got out of there quick. I almost bought donuts on the way over. <laughs> I should have did that, huh? But uh, I kind of feel guilty coming from the dentist to doing that. But yeah, I've had a, a busy day already, and now we get to talk. Pac-12 football, which we love. Still a little spring practice stuff going on. UCLA, the only straggler, springing it into uh, May. So we're going to get an update on that. We got some, I don't know, more rumors about the uh, Pac-12 media rights deal. The uh, Caesar Sportsbook put out the odds to win the league. So we'll talk about that. Stanford is at one end, uh, as you can imagine. Um, But we'll talk about all that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you have any questions or comments, we got a bunch of questions that were emailed in. So thank you very much. Some Disney princess uh, ideas for Coach Prime and some other ones. But Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. Or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678. Uh, no voicemails or text today, but you can send us one and we'd be happy to play it. You can tweet us at Pac-12 Podcast, And the website is Podcast.com. More importantly... You know, it's great wherever you're listening. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcasting platforms, that is awesome. Leave us a five-star review if the, the platform allows it. Uh, some kind of rating, especially on Apple. We love that uh, as well. Dave, do we have any new reviews? No, this no. So get in there and review no, it. No, we have a ton of useless people out there listening to this. Right. Uh, but so those are listeners. We also have live viewers on our YouTube page. So we're No, cr- no, we love you. It's the listeners yeah. we hate. 
Oh, uh, so but they're they're listening. I love you. Do we really hate them? Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of people watching live on YouTube. So thank you for doing that. Please smash the like button, hit the subscribe, that little bell notification, so you know when we're going live or we put up a new video. So we appreciate uh, when you do uh, all of that. Kind we of have stuff. a really important question that we need to get to right off the bat here. We do. Yeah, it's, from from Johnny, the the most recent question right there. Oh, hold on. So let me put up. Oh, let me see. Well, the first. Oh, so not Scott. He's he wants. No, to, that can come later. But Johnny's okay. is something we need to settle right now. Let me put that. Okay, I'll put Johnny's up right now. I haven't looked at it yet. Okay, if there was a POC Olympics consisting of ping pong, pool, and darts between Dave and Ryan, yeah, who wins what? Okay, uh, my guess is I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good at pool, and I'm good at darts. I'm, I will crush the life out of you at ping pong. Okay. So I'm I'm good at ping pong. Okay, I'm not. I'm okay have, at ping pong. So the thing with uh, pool is you have an advantage, which is height and length. Oh, okay. Which if you need to go behind your back, if you need to do some you know tricky things to get the shot you need, you'll have a little bit more ability to do so than me. Gotcha. I'm pretty good at pool, but okay. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not some. How about darts? Darts, I'm okay. Okay, so I think you'd probably take darts and pool, and I'd take ping pong. Okay, you would take if you're pong. certifiably good at both of those. I'm, I yeah, like I didn't grow up with a pool table, but my best friend did in his basement. So like you kind of played pool a lot. Like I'm, but yeah, I'm. You know, if you play pool all the time and you have your own stick, like yeah, you're. I'm not going to beat you. But for the you know average pool player, I'm probably better than that. I played a ton of pool my sophomore year at UCLA because there was a pool table at the uh, oh. in the common area in the dorms, and we would nice. just go down there and play basically all night. And it was a lot of fun, and I got pretty good at it then. But I've, I've probably played pool twenty times since then. Oh, okay. so like I still have the like understanding of sure. like angles and the whole thing, but I haven't done it in a long time. So it's you know, nothing right. like you like an Airbnb somewhere and they have a pool table. Like I love that. You yeah, know, like if you're going somewhere, All right, if we add foosball to the exchange, where are we? You would crush me. I'm not good at foosball. Okay. I've only played a few times. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, bowling. We could add bowling. Bowling. So I had I had at one time my own pair of shoes. I I did too. I have my own ball. Oh, you have your own ball. Okay, yeah. that's superior. I <laughs> no, got to no, the no. point. I got to the point. Um, so when I lived in Portland for like a few months, we uh, got um, we started we we entered a league, and with the league, you got three free games every single day if you went to the bowling alley. Wow. So I did that for a little while because I was working at Netflix in their call center, and it was like these insane 11-hour shifts, but I had like most of the day free, and it was only four days a week, so I would go to the bowling alley like probably five days a week. Wow. So got, it's better to have your own shoes. Got then. to the point where I was averaging like 180s. That's okay. 190s. Uh, but again, that was 12 years ago. I haven't bowled like that since then. So that then you would beat me. I Well, like I've broke... Like recently, I broke two hundred for like the first time, but I go like once a year or maybe twice a Got year. Got it. But I think here's the other question: If you gave us each a month to like practice these things pretty extensively, like, yeah, then where would we be? Because I think if you gave me a month of bowling, I would probably get right back to I'm sure where yeah. I was. Um, but yeah, man, there's a there's a, there's 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 a lot of games to be played here. I love it. Maybe uh, we should do that in the off season one of these years. Just do like, okay, this is going to be the bowling year, and we're each going to spend the next month preparing, and then we will have a bowling uh, championship. I love it. 
Yeah, I, I bought like a used ball for like 30 bucks, I don't know, like 15 years ago when we had what poundage? I think it's 15, I think, or something. Yeah. Or um, but yeah, we we were in like a league, like there was a lucky strike at Del Amo. And uh, like, so I help coach volleyball. So we have like volleyball leagues and volleyball classes and I'm all involved in stuff. They would do like beach kickball. I did that for a little while. And one of the nights used to do like a bowling league and it was just fun, mostly just drinking and stuff. But me and my buddy both bought like a used ball for like 30 bucks and it was like, oh, cool. This is my ball now. That's great. Um, yeah. I had shoes too. But then like the bottom came off of them or something Then they look pretty lame. So yeah, they, they can be kind of uh, cheesy. Yeah, but they can also be a lot better than the like weird faux leather that they use in a lot of these places. Yeah, I went on a first date a uh, couple of months back. I think I told you about the person, but and like the idea was let's go bowling first, and she had her own shoes. So I'm like, oh wow, so she's probably legit. And I wiped. The, that's when I got a 200. I'm like, I swear to God, I've never like I just wiped the floor with her. She got like a 75. And uh, so, what's your beer theory with bowling? Because mine is um, I improve through a pitcher. And then, yeah. uh, and then yeah. things drastically deteriorate after that. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fair. There's yeah. a point of diminishing returns or whatever, right? Correct. Like, is that I think it happens in pool too, where you're sort of like, hey, I got a little buzz going. Like, I'm pretty. Oh, I made that shot. Look at yeah, this. And no, then it's, after- it's sort of like blackjack, where if you get a little <laughs> bit in you, you you start to like loosen up a little bit. You're not so conservative. Like, I think that's kind of what it is. Oh, I'm gonna take this because I think I can do it. Yeah, this pool, this shot. <laughs> nice, and it's like like nope. Nope. Like fall nope. over. Nope. Uh, that's a very good question, though. Um, thanks, Johnny. Yeah, very good uh, football-related question. I'm sure that was riveting for everyone out there. Yeah, I got 10 minutes in, and we're just talking about... Uh, it needed to be settled, all right? It needed to be talked about. I love it. How about cornhole? I'm good at cornhole. I'm good at cornhole. Oh, good. Oh, this would be good. Yeah, cornhole, we'd be we'd be probably evenly matched. I love it. Yeah. Uh, beer pong? Yeah, I know. I do. I've done that. I'd, I'd, I'd murder the game. Really? I'd, I would... Again, you've got to give me like probably a few games to get back in my rhythm, but yeah. Uh flip cup. Okay at flip cup. Yeah. Um I would good. I would get kind of bored with it, so I would end up playing like derivations of it that included beer pong. Okay. Um because it's just I mean, you're just flipping a cup, you yeah. know? Right. It's yeah. a, they do after volleyball class, like we all go to Sharkies and that's like a bit you know, there's this big long table and it just becomes like this massive thing. Cause we get like they sponsor us. We get free pitches of beer. So there's just pitches of beer, like flip cup matchup. And they just do it. I'm like, I'm like 52 years old. I usually don't play, but I'll every once in a while go in and play, but it's always going on. I'm like, Oh my God. And then, uh, quarters, rage cage, those sorts of games. I, I haven't done quarters since like high school, but I was good at it. Yeah. Like, um, wow, it's fun. Chip down memory lane. Reminiscing. I got a, uh, do you do the little tiki top? Have you ever done like the tiki board thing? It's like a ring on a string that hangs from the ceiling, and there's a board with like a hook on it. No, this is too much of that beach shit that you like. It's a beach thing, yeah. Yeah. So I bought one. I got one for my house. I was like, do it. Like I did it like an Instagram story there. Like I did it. So I just film myself, and it just goes all the way up and clicks. <laughs> and everyone's like, how many tries did it take you? And it was real. It was four, but like it could be hard. Like it, it, it's hard to get sometimes, but. Uh, A strong recommendation if you like drinking games and you have a group of, like, friends, say a bachelor party or something, Rage Cage. I didn't know about it in college. I only learned about it afterwards. A lot of fun. Okay. Oh, someone put – Alex said Rage Cage. Oh, Uh, there – yeah. Alex is a connoisseur. He understands. Gaucho Ball. I don't – yeah, I'm not – 
I'm not sure what that is. I'd have to check that out. Yeah, you should Google Rage Cage. I'm not going to explain the rules here. It'll get really, really rule boring. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a lot is it already boring or no? No, but it's basically a skill game with ping pong balls where you're trying to bounce them into cups, but the cups stack as you go, um, as you go around, and so it becomes progressively harder and harder. And if the person behind you gets his gets theirs in the single cup while you have the big thing at cups, uh. then you have to drink. Oh, everything. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it gets uh, it gets a little insane. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we just kind of jump into <laughs> football Why don't we just quite, kind of jump right into the actual subject matter of this podcast? Without, without further ado, that was, that's not a saying I like, um, but I use it. It's what recruits always use in their announcements, you know. Oh, no, no. It's, um, is it, uh, that, that being said. That being, that being said, said. Yeah. With that being said. I'd like to announce that I am going to USC. Oh, Hal says go-kart racing. Mm, never done. I've gone like a couple of times. I'm not very, I'm not very good. I would need to like get a lesson or something, just like when you're supposed to turn and stuff like, you know, yeah, feel never, like I'm never going. Never done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we got to talk about UCLA Bruins. <laughs> because uh, they finished up spring practice. Yeah. Um, the final Pac-12 team. Yeah, they finished on Friday. Ball. Yeah, uh, Friday morning. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo practice, which, it, but I read your report. Like 50 fans showed up. Yep. Uh, I saw, you know, Chip Kelly speaking afterwards uh, to media. I think the first question I saw, I don't know who asked it, but it was like kind of a long question, which is a sort of a pet peeve of mine. Like just ask a question and move on. It was a really long explanation of like the quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, battle or whatever yeah. and then and chip kelly was pretty funny afterwards he's like well it sounds like you thought about it more than me so it's like yeah. it's pretty good yeah um but yeah so they no pac-12 uh network there chip kelly kind of talked about that a little bit but uh the floor is yours dave what was the uh, wrapping yeah, it, up spring football for- so it was a really interesting spring talked about it before but um uh you know there's a quarterback competition there's a running back competition there's new receivers uh there's complete confusion on the offensive line about who's going to even be there um and uh so it was a lot of fun on the offensive end on the defensive end personnel's more or less the same mostly guys returning um so not as much interesting there but offensively obviously there's a bunch of questions um the headliner was the quarterback competition chip kelly you know playing his uh oh i haven't thought about that uh but he was actually pretty forthcoming about it he said we don't really need to settle on a guy until deep into August. Um, it's really just game week prep. And then you probably want a little bit more time before that, just to get the guy comfortable with the idea. But, um, as of right now, Ethan Garbers, uh, he definitely performed the best in spring. Uh, now obviously when you have a 17 year old freshman coming in in spring, the improvement from there can be leaps and bounds. And suddenly he could come out in August and look like the clear and definitive starter in Dante Moore. Uh, but right now I would say it's Garbers job. Uh, Moore looked good. He had um, real flashes where it was just like, wow, this guy's, uh, you know, a brilliant player. He's uh, got a great natural feel, um, really just understands ball placement, touch, like in a way that Dorian Thompson Robinson literally never did. Uh, Like Moore's throwing balls where it's like, oh, that was the exact right way to throw that ball. Um, Exactly perfect placement, exactly perfect accuracy, exactly perfect touch, the whole thing. But then uh, some things became kind of clear about him in like the third or fourth week where 
intermediate throws he kind of struggled on. He's kind of started to struggle on as spring wore on where it became a little bit more clear that he does have some deficiencies in terms of arm strength, at least with his present motion, because he tries to kind of, he's just throwing with the exact level of, you know, force that he needs to. But um, on these intermediate balls, he'd be trying to toss it to a guy at the sideline and it would take so long to get there that the safety would be crashing down on it. And it's not like he's throwing with maximum effort. And I think it's more of an adjustment he needs to make where you got to put more juice on that ball. Um, but it's an adjustment he still needs to make um, where he's just not quite there yet. Uh, short stuff, he's he's really quick with the way he throws. Um, it gets out very quick, so he's not a problem there. And on the deep stuff, like I said, his touch is excellent. Um, but intermediate throws were were a little bit of a bugaboo in the middle stretches of spring. So that'll be a, an area of focus, I'm sure, for him heading into fall. But Garbers, I think, right now is, is the top guy. Um, I think the big headline for UCLA is uh, the receiving core is probably – I love that. That's like Vanna White. Uh, the receiving core is probably the most talented uh, receiving core at UCLA – I mean, as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, you'd probably have to go back to uh, Freddie Mitchell, J.J. Stokes era in the 90s, like those kinds of guys. Um, Yeah, Kyle Ford now. Well, it's not even just him. So Kyle Ford was really good this spring. He was, Um, okay. He he had a really, really nice spring. It's so good to see him fully healthy um, going into a year, and he's he's clearly got a ton of confidence, um, took on a leadership role already um, with this group, like, Really vocal on the practice field, um, pumping guys up, big butt slapper, you know, big, big handshake <laughs> butt slapper. Um, but like also like just doing like, you know, kind of rare things that you don't have, like bringing water over to like the freshman who just ran a route and then like taking him under his wing and like telling him, oh, yeah, you did a great job or whatever. Like and like um, he's a great kid. So that's good to see. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. see him succeed. Yeah. No, it was it, he, he he I think is a real asset. And the the. The the vocal part of him, like leadership for the wide receiver group, little caused a little bit of consternation with the DBs at times. Really, because <laughs> he would uh, talk a little bit of a little bit of shit after some plays. Uh, <laughs> what I would say about Ford is he's really really good. Um, he made some very spectacular catches, great contested catches. He's so big and so strong that he yeah. can he doesn't get knocked off his line. Like if if you're a DB, you got to hit him and it's probably going to be PI if you want him to not come down with a <laughs> with a jump ball. Um and he can make spectacular catches. The thing with him was actually a lot of drops on like 5-yard passes. Yeah. Like where it would just be like concentration, you got to maintain concentration when you're in that situation cuz those are the ones where you can't have drops. That's designed as like a pure running play almost. Um so you have to catch that ball. Um so that's an area. But uh the the big guy was J. Michael Sturdivant, um, the Cal transfer. Yeah. Because um, Cal's offense was amazing, right? Well, this is the thing, is Cal's offense was a fiery <laughs> trash heap, and he had 65 catches and almost 800 yards. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. A fiery trash heap offense. And watching him this spring, I mean, I, I, I the thing is, like, he's he was a four star. He's not like an unheralded guy, and he was obviously observed, but I still feel like he's a little bit underrated. Um, oh. And maybe part of it was being in that Cal offense, but his combination of size and speed, um, playmaking ability downfield, like I, this is going to sound ridiculous and I fully meme the shit out of it. I don't care. But like <laughs> I, I was just watching him like kind of poor man's Randy Moss just over and over and over again. Where like even just the way he would catch the ball. You remember like Randy Moss when he'd run downfield and the 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 
the only time where he looked like he was about to catch the ball was right at the very end where he would just kind of stick his hands out like this. Yeah. Like he was just It wasn't like, like it's a preparation no, he, for and a long he wasn't, time. And he wasn't given any indication to the DB that the ball was coming in. Right. Yeah. He does stuff like that. Um, and so it was just, you know, and then like just he can obviously beat guys deep. He's beaten basically every corner deep, which probably isn't great about UCLA's cornerbacks. But on top of that, on crossing pattern, he catches a ball. And he's got the guy on his hip or whatever, but he beats him to the edge. And then that guy maybe tried to cut him off, but he turns so fast up the sideline that he beats him down the sideline too. And it's just um, UCLA hasn't had a guy like that with that combination of size and speed in a long, long, long time. I mean, I, the only guy who I can even think of dominating a practice like uh, Sturdivant did at times this spring was – you remember Jordan Lasley? Um, oh. So he had a couple. The thing with Jordan Lasley is he was a complete head case. But uh, he had a couple of times where his head was screwed on straight. And his last and year, I like, mean, he was incredible. Boom. But um, but when he had his head screwed on straight, he was like kind of like that. And Sturdivant is like that, but obviously not a head case. Um, so anyway, those two guys, Cam Brown's back, uh, Braden Peague and a redshirt freshman, uh, Titus Mokiao out of Malala is a junior. It's a really talented receiving core. Um, so that'll make the quarterbacks' lives a little bit easier. Um, but so the offense, I think the offensive line is going to get figured out. They've got um, a transfer coming in from Colorado and and some guys getting healthy. So I think it'll be Who fine. doesn't have a transfer coming in from Colorado? Basically. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a top 10, top 15 offense again. The big question coming out of spring is the defense, and you just can't know. You just don't know. Yeah. They didn't bring in a ton of talent, so a lot of it is going to be how does the scheme uh, tailor better to these guys than it did before. It's a new coordinator, Danton Lynn. He's saying the right things, but you literally just never know until you watch some games. So uh, defense uh, defensively, it'll be a big question mark again, but I don't see much reason why this can't be a team that's about as good as last year and the schedule's about as bad as last year. So nine and three, eight and yeah. four, you know, one of those again. Extensions. I mean, uh, the thing is, nothing that's going to get Chip Kelly fired, that's for sure. Yeah, heading into uh, Big Ten uh, schedule year one. So, uh, all right, curious. And, uh, you know, the odds makers, we can kind of talk about that. Caesar Sportsbook came out with a uh, list of all the Pac-12 teams and associated odds with them for winning the conference. And we'll see kind of where UCLA lands in all that. So I thought it would go over that because it's kind of, Interesting. I know you had it up on the front page of Bro, um, but Stanford. I don't know if you looked at this, David, but um, mm -hmm. you're probably looking at it now. Stanford uh, minus great value thirty, 30 thousand to great, win great, the conference. Great value. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's you know, you, if you put a couple bucks down, you can make some some serious cash. You know. All right, uh, so let's. Why don't we do this instead of reading them all off? Well, okay. So anyway, Stanford minus thirty, uh, ASU minus fifteen thousand, Cal minus seventy five hundred, Colorado minus six thousand, Arizona minus five thousand, Washington State minus twenty five hundred, UCLA minus sixteen hundred, Oregon State minus nine hundred, Utah minus six hundred, UW minus three fifty, Oregon minus two eighty, and USC minus one eighty. What's what's the best value you see here? Yeah, just just so you know, so Stanford is basically three hundred to one. Yeah, so Stanford, they are expecting Stanford to be by far the yeah. worst team in the league this right. year, which I agree with. Um, so I think Stanford's too far gone for even 300 to 1. I don't think there's a lot of value there. Um, I mean, I don't like, you know, I, I would have ASU as a better 
I, I mean, ASU. Like, I'd have you ASU above Cal. Yeah, I would have ASU above Cal. They're 150 to one. Um, but I still don't think like I'm not seeing like the sort of value there. I, I call, we'll talk about Colorado in a minute. Some of the odds there, I, I wouldn't touch that. With you know, um, Arizona, but you know, we're getting in there. But I it, think UCLA is the best value here. I think like 16 to one, they could win it, right? So yeah. like that's pretty good. Like Oregon State's only nine to one. Like that's not. I think Washington State being 25 to one. I'm. I don't. I, I just, don't love any of the top five from a value perspective. Yeah, I could. I could go with UCLA just because they're sort of like you could see them in the top five. And the schedule is really easy. They avoid Oregon and Washington in conference, and you still get sixteen to one. So if a few things break right, you know, then I think you could get value there. So I, I think I would agree with you. Um, I mean, unless you think Arizona's going to make some, but you know, that's fifty to one. I just don't think any of those would would really work if if anything i'd rather take a flyer on like asu at 150 to the, one. the worst value here is stanford <laughs> like you're just burning money <laughs> at 300 to one you need uh yeah i would i would need that to be like uh a thousand to one i think for me to take a flyer on stanford yeah but like as far as the long odds i'd probably go asu um i don't know just because like crazy things can kind of happen yeah no so with the new coaches you've got there's definitely some some variability potential i don't think asu or colorado can do it in year one but um colorado's pretty bad value too 60 60 to one feels horrible which is weird so john ewing uh, tweeted this out um and i wanted to share it with you so 8.1 percent of the bets uh for to win the college football playoff this is uh from bet mgm are on Colorado, 8.1%, sixth most of any team. They are like 250 to one, essentially, to win the playoff, um, which seems like not enough value, right? Like, I I, I don't know why well, all this money is coming in on Coach Prime to, like, win. But holy cow, like, that just seems, it just seems kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's, 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 it's way too overblown and it's being baked into the odds now. Um because that's Colorado will be better this year, but if they if they do get to bowl eligibility at this point, given everything they lost after spring, I know I was kind of banging that drum beforehand, but given what they lost after spring, I'd be shocked. I yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but it's sort of one of those things where it's just like, all right, um, here where we are, and this is what's you know, because yeah, I, that's tough. I mean, if you were going to say like. Win the Pac-12 like sixty to one. I don't even think that's a great value, right? Like it's just you know they've lost so much, but people th- the magic of Coach Prime. I don't I don't get it, but yeah, yeah. that's apparently uh, kind of what is out there. But yeah, so interesting. We'll see. Um, do you about favorites? Who would you have as the favorite? Like, I mean, I think it's pretty fair um, as it is right now. Uh, I think Oregon might be getting a little overvalued just because, again, we don't know totally uh, how that offense is going to look um, with the new guy. I kind of have, might have Washington over Oregon. Yeah, I kind of might too. Um, and, you know, Utah, <laughs> honestly, Utah minus 600. That's just the given, given, given the history there, it's like, is that undervalued? Um, but I, That's a fair point. Like, Two-time champs, like, you're going to get 6-1 to to win the conference. Like, I probably would 
They would be up there as far as like put where I'd put some bucks. Yeah, I mean USC, I think is the clear favorite, um, and it could maybe even be a little bit clearer than it is right here. Like I think you could put Oregon and UW and Utah all in the kind of same areas. Like I don't know, minus three hundred, four hundred, um, and then have USC as like minus one fifty because I think they are the clear favorite this year. Um, it would take. Uh, I mean, you don't want to say it, but like they've got a returning Heisman winner. They've uh, reloaded at so many positions. The defense has a lot more talent. Um, it would take a real, this is genuine, serious. It would take like Alex Grinch actually being as bad as a lot of people say he is <laughs> for them not to be significantly better than they were last year when they, you know, were I mean, they're basically good. a. a, a... You know, Caleb Williams hamstring from winning the conference, right? Correct. So if, you know, if his hammies remain healthy, um, yeah, I think they're the overwhelming favorite. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, they'll probably be fine, you know? like, But outside of that, then I think anything can kind of happen. But they need to get – the the. I mean, when you're, even though how bad they were on defense, they still almost won it, you know? It's like – so if they're better on defense, then maybe you don't need as much from uh, Caleb Williams. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you've but, written these all as minuses. These are pluses. Yeah, I don't know. That's what just was Whatever. In the, it was in the thing. I think it was in the article like that way. Haters going to hate. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. that's Free Taiwan. Thanks, Free Taiwan. Yeah, I don't know. That's where the article had it. Maybe just the article I copied from, they had it wrong or something. But um, yeah, it should be plus uh, 30,000. <laughs> 30, 300 to one. We said it correctly as far Whatever. as like, 300 to one stuff goes. Do you... Um, so more kind of rumors. Uh, I know you love when I... so I love rumors. Oh, is this that crap you retweeted from like, I have a YouTube show the other night? Monty show. They're like, a, it's like a legit show. Okay. Again, Utah. again, you say this, you say this, you say this thing, but the Monty show yeah. is a, is, did you even retweet it? Where is it now? Oh, okay. There it I is. I retweeted it. Yeah. He, he has, uh, so first he's a, he's a guy who bought a blue check. He bought. He's paying eight dollars a month. You really hate that. To Twitter, people buy the blue checks. Two, uh, he's following almost two thousand people and is followed by sixty four seventy five. Hmm. He has two hundred more followers than I do, and I follow one hundred and forty three people. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He has no information. None. Zero. He has a source. He's making things up. So should we not talk about it? No, please. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> his sourcing said that ESPN uh, was still in a deal, so that's good for the Pac-12, but they had a cap of like $90 million, uh for what they want to do. Okay. Um, the Monty Show says this. This is from the Monty Show. Good, good, good. Uh, I'll do some more research on the Monty Show, but I think I've been on the show. I think I've that's why I follow them, because oh, okay. I've been on the show before. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. I did, I did um, was it DK and PK? Like, I did uh, Utah... Salt Lake City Radio this morning. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But anyway, he's saying that the presidents do not want their tier one games, so the most popular games, to be on streaming only. And that, so the big thing was that has eliminated Amazon. And Amazon wanted like a Friday primetime window with uh, one of the better games, and the presidents were not willing to do that. Which do you remember when Dennis? Kind of you remember when Dennis Dodd reported, um, literally a week ago, that uh, ESPN was out. ESPN was out, yep. and then um, and he's a legitimate reporter from CBS, but yep. one who we've noted 
is literally just regurgitating whatever he's hearing from a Big 12 source. Yes. Um, uh, and then literally that same day, it was refuted by a million other outlets. Yeah. Or it's like two, but yes. Um, I guess my point is nobody knows shit. Nobody knows a goddamn thing. They're all regurgitating shit they've heard from random people. Um, and until something gets announced, we don't know. You know what happens when there's nothing gets announced for a long time? Like there's a void, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a void of information and it's going to get But filled. you've had these idiots on Twitter. And I'm not saying YouTube uh, colon the Monty show blue check <laughs> is an idiot. Um, he has tweeted 117,000 times. Um, there's a lot of but, tweets. But I'm not saying that's an idiot. I'm not saying that. I'm not. But there are those idiots who have just been posting on Twitter relentlessly since like July of last year with their fake information. It's like. Do you remember right after Trump was elected and there were all those like uh, resistance libs on Twitter who were making up like just fake bullshit conspiracy nonsense on Twitter all the time? Yes. Like, oh, man, they're going to and like the uh, following the like uh, Robert Mueller investigation and all that kind of stuff. And it was like this it's, it was like this cinematic universe going on that was like this self-contained thing where if you were outside of it, you're like, that all sounds insane. <laughs> But it was like something that everyone enjoyed What's following inside? along inside. Yeah. Uh, that's what this feels like. That MHVer3 or whatever, that guy who's posting on Twitter all the time about this stuff. The one from the Big Ten who's always doing this the stuff. The Minnesota fan. Yeah, yeah, the Minnesota fan. He started his own YouTube show, What is too. it, like Genesis 58 or something? I don't know. There's all this, all these different um, things, and they're all full of shit. They all are. But we all just keep sharing their tweets for some reason. Ryan keeps retweeting them from our account. Um, and I'm saying makes, that as somebody, like and I'm saying that as somebody who has a friend of a friend <laughs> who said Colorado and Utah were going to the Big Twelve. But I presented that in exactly the way it deserved, which is I have a friend of a friend I don't know who said this. Have you? These people up? are not saying anything because they're getting it from their random bullshit brain. They're not getting it from anyone else. Did you uh, follow up with your friend, by the way? Yeah, he said it's still happening, but who knows? Okay, but no, it's good. But so, that's friend of a friend. Hold on, that's uh, where do we got? Yeah. Friend of a friend says Colorado's still leaving. Who knows, man? I love it. Nobody who knows. None of these people know. Uh, I I do like the Sports Business Journal guys. They have a cool podcast and stuff. They seem to be somewhat dialed into things. I would say sourcing wise with uh-huh. in the business world. They were reporting, so it, it's similar. Um, they're saying ESPN isn't chasing the Pac-12. But they would do a deal if it works out for them. They're just trying to be opportunistic. So I'm sure. Do you know what that is? That's that is logic. Th- no, no, but that's obvious reporting okay. that has all of the right language for something that feels true, right? Yes. Because a lot of coulds or a lot of yeah, if this thing happens, yeah, maybe. No definitive shit. You want to know why? Because there's nothing definitive right now. True. Like, just. Do you think the Monty show would have it first if Amazon was like, now nah, we're out of this shit? Mm. You think so? The Monty show is pretty, I don't know. I'm just, you know. Anyway. It's in the Pac-12 footprint. Yeah. I've been on the show. I'm like, oh, they must know what they're talking about. Plus, we can talk about something. I we need content, it. right? I, I love content. I love content production. You love content. It's my favorite thing about our industries. Did you read uh, Wilner's latest content? Uh, Maybe. Uh, it's about the Comcast mess. Um, he thinks that the president should pay for it. But basically like every school is going to have to like, they're going to like 5 million less, uh, Comcast, like, basically Comcast is going to, for what they think, 
when they have to pay the Pac-12 for the rights for Pac-12 Network and all that, they're going to withhold the $50 million or whatever it is. And uh, was it 50, 60? I forget what it was. Um, so they won't, you know, they're basically like, well, we already overpaid you. So the next time we have to pay you, we're not going to pay you that or whatever. And so that would come out of basically money that would go to each athletic department. Wilner's idea was this was the president's fault. They're the ones that put Larry Scott in there, put him in that position. They should, this should come out of some general university fund or slush fund. Then, you know, having the athletic department. So the athletic directors have nothing to do with this. This was all at the presidential level. So that was sort of his thoughts, but it seems like this is going to start coming to a head here. And we're going to see some uh, potential hits for athletic departments and their budgets. Yeah. Which is fun. That's a lot of fun. We love it. Don't we folks? Uh, did you, you've heard of this guy, Noel Mazzoni? Nolerton Mazzonal. Hmm. Uh, did you see, there was a funny tweet that I saw. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was just your voice coming back at me because I turned the volume on on my computer. Yeah, because you do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to. Did you see this? He's going to be the offensive coordinator for two different high school teams who could potentially meet at some point this season if they both make uh, the playoffs and meet at that point, I think. I, I don't understand this at all. Chaparral and Higley. They play on Friday nights, too, I think, both of them. And apparently, one practices early, one practices later, so he can do that. But, yeah, you're right. Like, games wouldn't be the same. Like, he was, he was a... Uh, you know, offensive coordinator from in major college football. So the only thing I can figure is this may be like an AI sort of situation where he's not actually going to be doing any of it, but he has sold his offense to both of these schools and uh, is like going to help train the person who's going to call the plays while never leaving his couch. That's wow. the only thing I can figure because knowing Noel and then also knowing he's he's sold his offense, like he sells it online, the end zone, if you want to go look it up. Um, so oh. maybe it's something like that. Ah, and then he'll do like the practice training, but somebody else is calling plays on Fridays. Interesting. Okay, I don't know. Really, really insane though. Very crazy story. That is that is nuts. But a little pack to a flare there. Uh, There's a couple of scandals too. Um, so I guess Jin Delora, there was a sexual assault allegation when he was in high school at St. Louis High School. So obviously now he's the quarterback for Arizona. They settled, and they, he had a teammate that was there with him at St. Louis who went to Utah. Now a, no, he's not a safety. Isn't he at Wisconsin? Wisconsin now, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess they settled this lawsuit, and there was some undisclosed amount of money paid to the alleged victim and all that. But it seems like this is uh, now behind. I don't think Arizona's doing anything. If you remember, Delora also had like a, some DUI charges that ended up getting dropped when he was at Washington state, but there was just sort of reading some of the Arizona reporter uh, tweets about this. Um, but I don't, it doesn't seem like it's going to impact the season at all, but that was just something that was out there. I don't know if you saw that Dave. Yeah, I did see it. Um, obviously extremely gross. Um, if he was not the starting quarterback for Arizona, he would be off the team. These are facts, obvious facts. Apparently like it, had, if he was not the starting quarterback for Arizona, he would be off the team already. It's probably true. He had to write a letter of apology for the alleged like sexual assault yep. that happened. Um, Here's so the thing: the details were not good. I, I won't say good. I won't say it's one thing to be accused of sexual assault and another thing to be uh, very credibly accused and having to go through this entire process. 
uh, because in a lot of cases there isn't a difference except the profile of the victim um, because a lot of accusations of sexual assault do not get to the point that this one is. But the fact that it has gotten to this point means there is some credibility behind the accusation. Let's just let's just let's be real about it. And if there is, he shouldn't be playing college football. Like I'm not saying he needs to go to prison. I'm not super carceral. Like I don't I don't think that's the answer to everything. But he shouldn't be a high profile athlete for a for a school right now. Yeah, it's I, gross. Eddie also pointed out he punched a teammate during a game. That was yeah. I mean, he punch, uh, look, and I'm not uh, again like um, uh, it's not one thing related to the other, but uh, there are a lot of things about Jaden Delora right now where if he was not the starting quarterback for a football team, he would not any longer not only not be on the team, he wouldn't be a student at the this university. Too, yeah. Um, so I think it behooves us all to be honest about that fact. Um, whether you want to say, well, we don't know for sure, all that kind of stuff, fine if that helps you feel better, but. If this was walk-on receiver X or, uh, you know, final guy in the depth chart Y, he wouldn't be on the team anymore. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah. There's also been a couple, like, gambling um, issues. So it started uh, – where was the first one? It was – oh, uh, Iowa – no, was it – it was uh, – was it Iowa baseball? It was a baseball one. Oh, LSU – Alabama baseball, sorry. Alabama baseball, they were playing LSU, which is like one of the best teams in the country. The weirdest, it's just such a weird scandal. Some guy in Ohio is at the Cincinnati Reds, like the stadium where you can bet. Betting's legal there. He's in line to like make his bet. He's on the phone with the head baseball coach at the University of Alabama, whose ace pitcher on Friday night isn't going to be able to go. Bets it two different ways. We don't know how much or whatever that, uh, you know, bets LSU was already would have been favored anyway, even if the ace was going, but uh, almost loses. It was like, ended up being like eight to six, Um, but you know, wins the bet or whatever. And the, the odds weren't even great. Like the money line was pretty terrible, but somehow within minutes, like they know that something's up because no one, I guess, I think it was FanDuel, like nobody at, at all. Uh, this, some of this reporting came from the athletic, I guess nobody at bet on this game at all. So there's all these checks and flags and things that electronically, like, so they can find out like, oh, did you just open an account and you made this weird bet? Or, or there's nobody betting on this game and you are. They kind of know right away. And they somehow f- figured out from security cameras that he was talking to the head coach of the Alabama <laughs> baseball team. I don't know how. They fired the baseball coach and it was just sort of like this crazy thing. And to me, this is like, hey, the system works. Like, it's not easy to cheat this stuff. If you're going to, like, cheat, this was some obscure bet, and they figured it out, you know, right away. But now, like, Iowa, so Iowa, a bunch of sports in Iowa and athletes from different sports were caught up in a scandal. Iowa State was as well. There have been a few more. Uh, but I don't know what your thoughts are. Like, I'm, I'm not anti-sports gambling. I think it's okay. But I think that they have – you know, there's real, they, they take, basically they figure something out is wrong. They take the game off the board. Everybody knows. And it's just like, I think this is a system in place that it's going to be really hard for this to work. If you're going to be some college kid trying to cheat this, um, you're going to be some head coach of a team that makes half a million dollars a year trying to cheat this to win a thousand dollar bet or something just seems pretty dumb. But I, I feel like the betting world is good at figuring out when, when stuff isn't right. 
Um, but I'm kind of curious if like the NCAA has to come through and make some more new rules or something uh, with this because now like it's becoming such a big part and it's being, it's hard to it's hard yeah. to do rules and regulation about something that is becoming increasingly legal uh, yeah. around the country. So, uh, so I'm I'm pretty um, with personal like freedoms and stuff. I'm usually pretty. Yeah, Marijuana should be legal, and all these different things should be legal, and yada yada yada. Uh, sports betting and gambling in general, and I'm a big fan of both. I like doing both. Uh, <laughs> should both be heavily, heavily regulated and restricted. Uh, it's oh. it's just it's it's a it's a societal ill. Um, it uh, it's heavily tied to addiction. Um, people can much more than like i mean not much more than like i mean it's uh, being addicted to alcohol can be very similar but um in terms of what it can do to your life but this can take people who are otherwise you know people doing their thing and you know lose all of their money and because yeah. people don't have a sense of scale because they don't have an understanding of okay how how quickly can i lose this money and it's the like on your phone now live it's betting, not even like you're putting like, like 100 dollar bills well, that's in the thing it. is is there was a proper amount of barrier to sports betting to gambling in general you had to go to a place you had to either go to an indian casino or you had to go to vegas or you had to go to atlantic city or you had to go to new orleans or one of these places where there is some sort of uh uh, uh, uh municipal or state government uh, allowance for that. But now it's becoming something you can do from your couch while yeah. you're watching a game. And it ties into, especially with sports gambling, it ties into this like real emotional pig brained element of people. Like we've talked about it before, but like fandom is a very weird thing. Like it is something that makes otherwise intelligent people uh, behave very, um, I mean, it's kind of a charged word, but tribal, like very like, this is my thing and then you're against it. And it's why people get killed at sporting events um, yeah. because people, th their brains stop working correctly. Um, tying that to something where they could lose all of their money is, uh, well, it's something that we're doing for profit and people are convinced it's a good thing because they don't have a problem uh, or they don't think they have a problem. And so they're like, oh, well, I... I want to be able to easily put in my hundred bucks that I do every week on the game that I want to get on. And if you have, if you have um, the uh, disposable income to do that and you don't have an addiction problem, great. That's good for you. But uh, that's not everybody. And it's not even a lot of people. Um, a lot of people bet more than they should. And uh, it's, yes, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there saying, well, we can't protect everyone from every action that they do. Sure. But, there's a reason why we regulate certain things. There's a reason why we regulate seatbelts. There's a reason why we regulate alcohol consumption. There's a reason why we regulate certain drugs. Uh, because some people aren't great at controlling their behaviors. Again, addiction. And uh, our job as a society is to, you know, as much as we're able, try to help those people. Um, and it's not making gambling illegal. It's not making sports betting illegal. But it, should it be that easy? Should it be so friggin' easy that you can lie signing up for it or whatever, and you can be a 16-year-old betting on stuff, or at 18, when you're a certifiable dumbass? <laughs> like, think about how many 18-year-olds you know. Think about you at 18. You were dumb as shit. Yes. Uh, should you be able to bet on anything? No. God, no. At 21, I shouldn't have been able to bet on anything. Like, I had no disposable income. I went to Vegas and lost, like, 800 bucks. That's 800 bucks that was, like, it's like I had to sell an organ to come back from that. Um and so, no, you shouldn't be able to do any of that stuff. Making that really easy, all that benefits, all it really benefits is people with really disposable income who can do whatever they want, 
and uh, the companies and the casinos. And fuck companies, fuck casinos, right? <laughs> Are you with me? So uh, uh, next time uh, uh, there's a, a thing to make gambling illegal, just vote against it. The um, If you ever go to like the racetrack, gambling it's kind of legal. funny. I think I said gambling legal. You yes. said illegal, I think. Anything to make it uh, legal, just uh, vote against it. Okay. Uh, it's it's becoming legal in many states. Uh, it's, Alabama's not one of them. California's not one of them. But if you go to like a racetrack, like I like going, I don't know, maybe once every couple years I'll go to one. You like seeing horses die? No, I mean, I'm not a big into horse guy, but like you go to Santa Anita and then you like look at the program and like, ooh, that's like a 10 to one. I'll bet that one to place or something. I just like doing that, you know, 10 bucks or something. You know, like I'm not betting a lot of money. It's just like you said, disposable income. It's kind of cool to just have it there. You could do it if you want. But you definitely look around and you see people that are trying to like make rent. You know, like they're yeah. trying, like, I need to win this race. I need so to go I to can, the track because so I don't get evicted. Like, well, it's the people who are bad. like, oh, you know, if I keep playing long enough, if I keep playing the pass line long enough, I'll eventually double it up. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna start low and then I'll eventually make back my 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 nut here and then I'll be okay. But you see people doing that, like going down a well of despair. Uh, whenever you're at Vegas, at the it racetrack happens. for sure. Um, and it's just like, look, I mean, it's ugly, man. That's that's a, you know, there's, yes, personal freedoms. That's our friggin' doctrine in this country. But goddamn, we don't need that. Like, we don't need people uh, being that able to ruin their lives at the drop of a hat. Like, the precarity of life is already so shitty. Like, you can walk down the street and get hit by a fucking bus, and it's so easy in the United States because there are no goddamn bike lanes. But that's a side <laughs> note. Um, but shouldn't there, be, shouldn't there be, like, a little bit of protection for these people? Like, shouldn't you, shouldn't you feel like, you know what? It would be kind of bad for X percentage of people to just lose their livelihoods because simply because it was really easy to do it from their phone. Like, I mean... We can do that, right? Like we can, uh, we can, we can figure that out and and you know make the right decision here. Yeah, your convenience on uh, betting on the Colts or whatever might be a little bit less, <laughs> but you will also be protecting you know countless you know millions probably from you know from lo- losing their shirt. Yeah. Uh, bring it back to college sports. <laughs> well, if you go to like if you're a student athlete. That's one messaging that's the messaging has been clear from the NCAA about betting and all of that. So it's one of those things where they've always tried to keep the integrity of the sport as a, an important part of this. You know, there, there's been point shaving scandals and things in the past mm-hmm. and all that. Andy Staples has a funny, um, he's like, if you want to point shave in football, like it's a little harder, like basketball, you had the, the Donahue guy, like the yeah, was yeah. Uh, doing overs and unders, and he was the referee, kind of like calling yeah. more fouls to like influence the game. His his theory was interesting on football. He's like, you get to the long snapper, and you could do it like a couple snaps over somebody's head, like on a punt, like that's a safety. You know, you you could really like change the game just by having the long snapper screw up a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but it's pretty clear in these locker rooms about what you can and can't do. I, what they might say is like, hey, if you're a student athlete. You can't bet on the NBA because I think that's what was going on with the Iowa stuff. There was betting on other sports and things. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do. They're probably going to pass something because now there's you know sponsors of 
athletic departments you know that, that have official sports books associated with them things like that like that's it's becoming a lot more prominent mm-hmm. every all the tv money you're getting the tv broadcasts are talking about the odds they're talking about the betting lines everything but i think they're going to have to come up with some rules that basically like hey if you're a student athlete you can't bet on college sports or something like maybe you can bet on the nba or what but you can't do that so there's going to be something and there's already i think a bunch of rules in place, but it'll be curious to see like what they do, especially as more scandals uh, pop up. Yeah, and they will. Yeah, they definitely will. Yeah, uh, but I mean, again, that- go back to judgment. Uh, you know, before the age of twenty-five, everyone's a fucking idiot, and everyone in college athletics is under the age of twenty-five. Right, uh, but it's it's sort of like sometimes you have a good system in place, like the the people that run the sports books. There's a lot of and I don't think they could have done this 10, 15 years ago. Now, you know, like if you, what was it, uh, Bringing Down the House? Uh, there was a really good book, and I think they made a movie out of it where like the MIT kids would come, count cards, go to Vegas, and uh, they'd have this elaborate um, sort of scheme where you had one Bringing big Down better. the House was a movie uh, starring Steve Martin and Queen Latifah from 2003. That maybe that's not the right one. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. That, okay, that was the wrong one. Um, Something with the house. It was uh it was a MIT kids um that were like that was the name cards. of the book. Uh the movie was Twenty One or The Last Casino. Okay. But the the book was called that, Bring Down the House, I think. The inside story of six MIT students who took Vegas for millions. Right. And also two thousand three. Released in two thousand three is the book opposite Bringing Down the House, uh the starring movie. Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. Interesting. Do you think there was confusion at the time? Maybe there was. Well, yeah. Which which piece of content am I consuming right now? I thought I was going to get the book version of uh, this cute romantic comedy starring Steve Martin and Queen Latifah, and instead I'm getting the inside out of uh, count, card counting. Yeah, but it was a true story. And even then, there was like casinos would make calls, and so if they were trying to run their scam in one casino, it wasn't a scam, it was just like basically counting cards. But essentially... You have card counters for a table, like if there's some amount of decks. And the depending on what cards have come out, the deck could be good for players or bad for players. So you would have people at different tables counting, just betting normal. When they get a good deck, so okay, now for the next like 15 minutes, this is going to be a positive deck for players. They make some kind of signal, and then the whale comes over and bets big on that table. So... They would, they're basically, you have like people that are out there feeling out these different tables, just betting regular amounts, but they would make a signal to one of the people that have a lot of money. They might come in and act like, Hey, let's put a bunch of money down. And not that you're going to win every time, but you're now betting on a table that's in your favor instead of betting on a table that's, you know, not. So anyway, it's kind of interesting, but they would figure it out and they would identify the people and they would make calls to the different casinos. And they they couldn't do it anymore because they were you know they were called out they were now like you can do this in minutes like it's all electronic you can figure this stuff out just the way a bet is placed just you know no one's betting on this game why is someone betting here so I think there's a really good system in place to catch a lot of this um, so that's good I don't want to see like this over sort of regulation or whatever but oh they put yeah Scott said twenty one is in the movie Kevin yep. Spacey yeah Spacey was like the the professor that, yeah. Anyway, it was a good book. I like the book if you want to check it out. Is it on your shelf? I bet you it is. I bet it is. Uh, I'd have to look. Yeah. Not sure where. 
because I have a bunch of uh, gambling books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got uh, you got Doyle Brunson's super system over there. Is he still alive? I don't know. Texas Dolly. Texas Dolly. Yeah. Let's see if he's alive. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we? I think that's all we got. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and answer some questions? He is still trucking. He's eighty nine years old. Nice. I don't know if he plays. I used to watch poker like a lot. I used, I'd watch. I watched it a lot when it was doing that thing like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to go play. It was a lot of fun. Playing poker in Vegas is kind of, it's antisocial basically because you're not like, if you can, you and Dave and I can go to blackjack table or craps and play together. But if we're playing poker, we're like playing against each other. I mean, you can get, and you can get drunk playing blackjack. If you get drunk playing poker, you're going to lose your Yeah, you're probably, that's probably bad. Um, but it's not as social where, like, if we had eight of us, we could all get around a craps table and have fun. And if, you know, we, we hit the point, we all win, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to do Unless that. Unless one of your asshole friends is uh, playing Don't Pass. Don't do that. Yeah, you don't want to be friends with those people. That's no fun. Uh, you're, you're, in the, you're in Vegas to, like, if you're trying to eke out, like, a 2%, you know, thing, like, no. We want to <laughs> all win and all buy a shot and do something dumb together. As opposed, like that's what you play for. Like we all, we're all on a heater, and everyone's winning money and stuff. Like that's what you play for. So I, so here's the thing: You're, you want to go to break, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. get this in here we because do one of the good things about so a lot of people get scared off when somebody comes to the table playing don't pass. They're like, Nah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm walking away. Fuck this guy. Yeah, I breaking that guy when he comes because oh, because first of all, the only people who play don't pass have a huge bankroll. Like they've got a bunch of money, and suddenly you're in this oppositional situation where you're yes. like, no, 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 I'm gonna break you. Uh, when you do that, and that person who's like always sober, like always just yeah. like the least fun person you've ever met in your life, uh, when you break them and they get just steaming mad, it's so good. It's it one is. of the most beautiful things in the world. And it's weird, like for when you're playing the pass line. Hopefully, people understand craps. If they don't, it's like. There's just this finality to it when you crap out, right? Yeah. Like it's like all this money's on the table, seven out, son of a bitch. It's just like yeah. all this money comes down. It's more of like a, a you know death by a thousand cuts when you're playing the don't because like someone hits oh point six, someone hits a six, okay, he loses his bet and then he puts it up again. But they might do the don't come and so oh he's got a don't come on the four and then oh someone hits a random four and it's like oh that comes down you know yeah. so they sort of just like keep losing little bets along the way where us for us when you're playing the pass line it's like but money 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 all gone and it's yeah, like yeah. crap yeah. yeah all right uh i want to go back to vegas <laughs> yeah that, that just made me want to go play some crap let's go play some crap but imagine right. if i could do that easily on my phone wouldn't be good can we <laughs> can we do it <laughs> probably we can't uh yeah, we like California. It's not legal. So it's not legal, it. but you can still do it. I used to do like. Remember, poker was on online, and then they they shut it all down. Yeah, that's how I spent a good portion of my second year in college. In addition to pool, playing poker. Yeah, it was poker and pool, and not a whole lot of class. The uh, can you do so? It was like poker stars or like party poker. There was different party like, poker was the one I was doing. I think yeah. I did that too. Yeah. Uh, you know what was cool? Like I played some tournaments in a live card room because we have them in California. It's so slow, like to actually have someone deal out all the cards. So when it's like, I used a, to play like two or three tables at once on party poker. Right. But if you're like live, so say the, the whole point is you're trying to, if you're better at it, you want to get as many hands in as possible. So in a live poker room, 
if it's a half hour before the blinds go up, like you might only get like six, seven hands and the blinds are going up and you're like, holy cow. So it goes up fast. So you kind of have to like push yeah. your money in, take, you have to take chances where you wouldn't, you can wait around more on the online stuff. Cause you're getting a crap load of hands uh, because they can just instantly deal. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and then they would have like, you could, there, there was apps where you could, or not, they weren't apps at the time, but they would be like, uh, it would like data mine, like the players you're playing against. And so you could say like, oh, that guy is a, a rock. Like he's a, yeah, yeah. he never, if he's opening, don't get it, you yeah, know, yeah. or the, this guy opens every pot, you know? And so you could kind of feel out for that. So, you know, if they're super loose or super tight or whatever. Yeah. No, it's all about tight, aggressive, baby tag. Tight, tight, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should, we got, we should go to play. <laughs> we should get a game going. We should get a POC game going. That would be fun. But yeah. I, so the point was, is like party poker or any of those still around where you can do it in legal gambling states that it's legal now? Cause I, we couldn't do it here. I don't know if any of those are back that you could do it. Like you can do like FanDuel and stuff. I assume you could probably do those. Yeah. I don't know. Anyone in the chat know? Gambling legal states, can you do online poker still? All right, let's take a break and we'll do a few questions. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Thanks. We got like 40 people live in the uh in the in the uh YouTube room. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for that. Thanks for all the uh comments that are in there. If you have any questions uh you want to put in there, we will get to them. Um we had we have some emails this week. Start off with a trivia question from Matthew. I've done zero research, but I'm willing to assume the Marshall team, where the entire team died in a plane ca- crash, returned more players than this year's Colorado team. Just food for thought. Keep it mediocre, guys. Matthew. Wow. Did they? Was the whole team? Was it like literally the entire team? I didn't see We Are Marshall, but I've. I don't know. Do you remember? I don't know what that. I saw another Colorado player enter the portal. And I was like, another guy? But it was someone that I think was off the team already. So I don't know. But it was like someone that had... Yeah, only 37... Well, God, only. Uh, 37 members of the, the football team died. So they definitely returned more people. Than, they probably returned more people. Yeah. That's a dark, dark, dark... That's a dark, dark way to go, yeah. Straightened. Okay, uh, this is from Montlake Blake. Pac-12 ROM Communism. 
With all the news coming out of Colorado, it's easy to forget how the saga began. Dion took Jackson State to new heights and had his choice of suitors. You might say he had even achieved Freddie Prinze Jr. circa 1999 levels of desirability. <laughs> he was rumored to be down to Cincinnati, about 12 months removed from a CFP appearance. USF, located in a talent-rich state which could provide a prime ladder uh, climbing opportunity to eventually land at his alma mater, Florida State. Auburn, who was rumored to be in the mix before they opted for the safe pick and hired Christian of the Year candidate Hugh Freeze. And then there was the woeful 1-11 Colorado Buffaloes, the college football equivalent of the awkward knock-kneed girl stumbling and spilling her books all over the football field down the stairs out front of school. Watching this makeover he's attempting with the Buffs has me wondering, did Dion simply lose a bet? Is he trying to she's all that Colorado? Thoughts? Follow up, what rom-com best describes the other 11 schools? Okay. Let's start there. Let's start with Dion. Yeah. Um, so so he, he sent a clip of, I don't remember the movie, but then I watched the, uh, it was like a three minute sort of summary of the movie, but like the kind of awkward girl and Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. She's all that. Rachel Lee Cook, baby. She was kind of hot in there, huh? But that was the whole thing where she starts as like the nerd who's just like literally the only thing that's not like supremely movie star attractive about her is that she's wearing glasses. Right. And then she takes off her glasses and suddenly everyone's like, oh my God. She's hot, put up her hair uh, or whatever, yeah. So anyway, uh, but his point about Dion, um, the thing that Colorado had that none of his other suitors had because Auburn wasn't truly a suitor because they opted for Hugh Freeze uh, is it's a power five. Um, and so in theory, it has access to the playoff in a way that Cincinnati and USF, I mean, I don't know. Are they going to in the big 12-ish era? Maybe, um, but they are currently power five, Colorado. He's probably thinking I'm a short timer. He's also probably thinking, you know, I can do what I just did yeah. there. I can reload completely, whereas Cincinnati and USF were not disasters, you know. Uh, can you really jettison literally everyone the way you could at Colorado? Will there be as much appetite for that? On top of that, I mean, think about when Dion was coming up. Colorado was a power. Yeah. Then he's probably thinking, well, the potential of that program is higher than Cincinnati and USF. Um, so I think there's a lot of contextual things that make it make sense. And it's going to be a lot harder than like taking off Colorado's glasses to make them good, right? Yeah. No, this is not a Rachel Lee <laughs> Cook situation. Uh, no, that that this will be um, this will be like plastic surgery. But what if Colorado does like win the Pac-12? Does does Colorado go off and like try to hire somebody else? Because like she went to the prom with somebody else or something, right? I like, don't remember the movie, man. I just it, it looked like that was the thing, like that he brought her up and then she went with like the dickhead to the prom or something. But then he came back and they, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't happen in college football. Um, and then he said, follow up. What rom com best describes the other school eleven schools' most recent coach hires? Very much kidding. Thank you. Keep doing whatever the hell it is you're doing. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, P.S. If you're in the market for a new drop for Colorado or maybe for Coach Prime, looking down another uh, former blue chip transfer, uh, might I suggest this gem? Yeah, uh, they did pick up uh, Savelle Smalls, right? Did we bring up, bring that up last week? No, um, we didn't. The fo the former five star that transferred out of uh, Washington. So that was a good pickup there. Uh, I don't know what the dro the drop when I clicked the link was the she's all that video. Yeah, so maybe it's just you're supposed I, to. I mean, it's like three minutes long. That's not a drop. So I don't know if there was a specific. It was basically like that Kiss Me song. Kiss me. You know. Oh, maybe we should just do that. So maybe just a piece of that Kiss song. Kiss me. I'm by the Exactly, yeah. Swing, swing. It's basically that. It's like a video to yeah. that whole song. It's like shows clips of the movie. Uh, but he also has a Ted Lasso thing. 
I believe in communism, rom communism. That is, that's the. But I don't know. There's no audio associated with that. So. What the hell is the bearded barley? By the way, bearded barley. It, the the line is "Kiss me out of the bearded barley." Nightly, besides beside the green green grass. So I'm assuming this is a farm or something, right? Like, but what is bearded barley? Maybe it's barley that is uh, about to be not shucked, not it trimmed. Has, it it not... could be. You know, it's about to be uh, harvested because now it's it's got a beard on it. I'm just I have no idea. That would just be a guess. <sighs> do you have to Google bearded barley now? I think I do. God damn. Yeah. Do you want me to start at the next one? Or no, wanna... just hang on. Okay. Okay. Someone bearded barley. Oh, there's there's oh we got important. Okay. Bearded barley may be just a mistake in the transcription of the lyrics in the song "Kiss Me" by Sixpence None the Richer from. Pearled to bearded barley. Yet if, it, yet if it is indeed bearded barley, it refers to a wheat-like plant which has overgrown and is ready for harvest, allowing a couple to take some comfort behind. Boom. But it could be pe- pearled barley. So what would that be? I don't know. Bearded barley. What is pearled barley? Pearled barley is barley. Are you not impressed been... that I said it was like harvested barley? I mean, we can all figure that out. Oh, uh, pearled... Did you? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> pearled barley is barley that has been processed to remove its fibrous outer hull and polished to remove some or all of the brand layer. So interesting. This is interesting because if it's bearded barley, it means one thing. And if it's pearled barley, it means the exact opposite. Like it means barley that has been Already like, nurtured and har- cured and, and, and harvested and smoothed. It's been smoothed. Right. So you don't want to be kissing by the pearled barley because that's like in a process area. But that maybe that means you're the inside. The bearded barley is like outside, yeah, but flowing you're outside. in the wind. There could be mosquitoes. There could be lots of things. But if you're kissing by the uh, pearled barley, you're, you're inside. You're near the pantry. <laughs> you can get a snack afterwards. It's more romantic to be out by the barley, like the you know green, green grass. There's no green, green grass in the pantry. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess speaking to this, um, the, <laughs> she also says the next verse, I think this kind of figures it out. It is bearded barley because she says, oh, kiss me beneath the milky twilight. Now, I would never describe twilight as milky. Right. That seems odd. <laughs> What's the name of the group again? It's like a weird. Sixpence, none the richer. Sixpence, okay. Yeah. Strike up the band and make the fireflies dance. Silver moon sparkling, so kiss me. Were they uh, one hit wonder? Yeah, dude. It had on. to be, right? Like, it had to be one hit wonder. It's amazing where it's like, this is like a song that you know, and it's like, yeah, they did nothing else. Like, okay. Uh, this is from yeah. De- Deion Sanders' Disney Princesses. Uh, Ryan and Dave, you ignorant sluts. Last week, <laughs> you two tried to go, we don't have anything to talk about Disney Princess compared to Pac-12 coach, and I was mildly, mildly disappointed by you guys half-assed pick. Uh, C. Dion Sanders has a perfect Disney comparison and you guys blew it. The reason being that you guys put too much emphasis on the princess part. That was a pause for dramatic effect. No, he effect. wants you to pause for dramatic I know. effect. I, I did pause and then I explained that I paused. <laughs> uh, Dion Sanders is Kuzco from the Emperor's New Groove. Again, I'm supposed to pause. <laughs> uh I don't know who this is. Or Neither what. do I. I've never seen this. What is this? I, I don't know. Is this a Disney? You, if it's, it's not a princess movie. Okay, I'm not an aficionado of everything that that Disney has ever produced. Oh, 
He says, tell me this doesn't describe Dion. His introduction is him kicking the door down by yelling, boom, baby. Then he has someone in Elvis attire sing about how great he is. Then he goes on a journey that humbles him a little bit. Cusco has an assassination attempt that, and Dion almost dies in a car crash. Oh, he almost died in a car crash. Yes. Uh, finally, the journey takes him to the big city, to living in the uh, from the big city to living in the mountains. Still not convinced. If you remember during the theme song, it stops when Cusco backs uh, up into an old man, angered. That man threw off his glove. Uh, his, I'm sorry, his groove. Angered that that man threw off his groove, Cusco has uh, security literally throw the old man out the window. Now, according to my sources, I guess it would be like the players, right? Uh, they're just as valid, as real as the sources reporting on the Pac-12 media deal. This exact scenario has happened with at least three different Colorado players who threw off Dion's groove. Thanks. I don't know the movie. It sounds great. Is it a Disney movie? Apparently. I, I don't know. It's not like, it's like a, so it's from 2000. Okay. It's an animated slapstick comedy film. Um, but it's not like a it's it's, it's not a, it's but not it's a, Disney. Yeah, it's Disney. Okay, I was just thinking if it's animated and like that just gets lumped into Disney, but no, yeah, no. never heard of it. Sorry. I mean, I've heard of it. I just I, I didn't ever. Sorry, Richard. Sorry, Richard. My apologies. All right, next up, we got John and Brea. Transfer Portal Time Machine. Hello, Ryan and Dave. The Transfer Portal Time Machine is now open, allowing schools in the Pac-12 to go back in time and bring in one former player or coach as a transfer for the 2023 season. Which player or head coach would you transfer in from each school's past, which would greatly improve their respective team this year? Would Andrew Luck make Stanford a bowl team? Could Ronnie Lott get USC to the college football playoff? Is there any former Sun Devil that can help ASU compete for the Pac-12 title? Could Terry Donahue take UCLA to the Rose Bowl? You only get one time machine transfer per school. And the portal closes soon. Wow. It's going to be hard, though. It's very hard. I mean, I like who he said. Like, I'd probably go Andrew Luck or Christian McCaffrey for Stanford. Who would you rather do? I think I'd probably go Christian McCaffrey because I think he's the one who's least dependent on other factors like receiver talent, offensive line talent. Yeah. I think he could, you know, make some things happen. Simply as a kick returner, he could probably score some touchdowns. He said uh, Ronnie Lott. I'd probably go with like a linebacker, like a junior Seau or something, because I think they need more help there than the secondary. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think that would make sense for SC. Yeah, it's one of your defensive uh, players from the years past. Um, UCLA. Who would you do? would you do? Coach? Uh, would you do? No, UCLA. I think it's somebody. Kate yeah, McNow. No, somebody in the defensive side. I mean, I think I, again, you could go with. Um, one of the linebackers from years past, throwing Anthony Barr on this team, um, you know, getting 14 sacks off the edge, that'd be a difference maker. Um, Eric Kendricks at middle linebacker would be a difference maker. Um, and that that one, like, of those all-star types in the front seven would change the complexion of the entire defense to probably a top 50, top 60 unit. Okay. So I think that would probably be the pick. Um you know, one of those guys. I mean, you could even go like Brian Price, defensive tackle, or uh, Kenny Clark, defensive tackle. Kenny Clark um, would be good. Yeah. Just somebody like that. Um, Let's do the Arizona schools. All right. Uh, ASU, like Jake the Snake, maybe. Um, I mean, they got to keep I mean, the thing with ASU is it's so unknown what they're even going to look like that it's hard to pick. You would just have to pick, like, who's their most talented player in history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who is that? I don't know. I'd be Jake. 
I'd go Jake the Snake. You'd go Jake the Snake Plumber. Um, go Terrell Suggs. Suggs could be. Yeah, I mean, he's better. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and then Arizona, Arizona. Like a Teddy Bruschi or something. Yeah, that'd probably be good. Um, I mean, you could even uh, Gronkowski. Uh, Gronk would be. Gronk would be fun. Um, one of those uh, Arizona. I think Bruschi would like, inv- you, you know, be involved more. Yeah, probably. Um, I love that like Dennis Erickson could be like three, like you could pick him three times if you wanted, like three different schools he's been at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you want a coach. Yeah, if you wanted to pick I'm a coach. I'm curious like where we do a coach, you know. Uh, like, okay, Utah. Um, I mean, they like Alex Smith was amazing. Um, he was like undefeated. Who are some of the studs? I mean, you could add like an Eric Weddle because um, yeah. you've got versatility there. Um. Mm, other Steve Smith, right? Um, Steph. I don't know. I think there's options, but again, Utah doesn't need a whole lot. I think you'd probably go Alex Smith just because of Cam Rising's um, uncertainty for this yeah. season. Uh, Colorado, like yeah. Eric Bieniemy or something, or uh, I, what would you? Col- I mean, uh, Colorado, I think, uh, when in doubt, go Cordell Stewart. You could do Cordell Stewart. Yeah. Um, um, or you know, Rashawn Salam, like, you know, won the Heisman. Yeah. I think I would go Cordell Stewart, though. Yeah. Because he could I, just do so much. I would almost invariably go uh, Cordell Stewart. Yeah. Uh, we did Stanford, about Cal. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's like <laughs> uh, Marshawn Lynch. Um, someone like that. I would probably go Marshawn Lynch. Uh, really? Over Aaron Rodgers? Well, again, because it's not dependent as much. Um, Marshawn's going to create, like, even in a shitty offense, he's going to create at the college level, like, five and a half yards per carry per game, no matter okay. what. Um, and he'll do it on high volume. Um, Aaron Rodgers obviously was insane at Cal. Um, and so if you can get him back, that'd be great. But I, I think I'd go Marshawn. Uh, okay. Let's see. Oregon State. Oregon State. It's funny you could do Jonathan Smith. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like Oregon State, uh, a lot of, like, they've had a lot of good running backs, but do they really need a running back? Right. They have good like, running backs. Like, do they backs. need Steven Jackson to come back? But if you did, like, Ocho Cinco or TJ Hootsmanzada or someone or like that. Brandon Cooks, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you could throw Hootsmanzada in there, that'd be pretty awesome. Um. I don't know. That's a tricky one because I, I think a lot of what they're good at is what they've been good at historically. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a give me like Hushmanzada. Okay. Um, Oregon. You want to go like Heisman? You want to do like? Yeah, that's a tricky one um, because I don't know that they need like Marcus Mariota would be obvious. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But do, do they need that? But one of the like the defensive is pretty linemen. Good. Um, um, I mean. But there you go. Halotinata. Halotinata would be freaking awesome. Yeah. No, give me that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Screw that. Um, you want to bring back Chip Kelly, though? Uh, no. I okay. mean, if you could bring back Chip Kelly from 2009, you, maybe. I think that's what you would, right? Yeah. Like, um, all right. Washington. Uh, Steve Etman, maybe. Warren Moon. Moon would be pretty awesome. But they got Penix. So, like, I, yeah, would, I don't know if you need a quarterback. I would go Etman, I think. Like, yeah, I could do that. Um, 
the thing is, like, when Washington was really good is not necessarily my wheelhouse. Um, like, a lot of those early 90s, late 80s guys. And he was, like, probably the most prominent one. Like, he wasn't, like, finished high up in the Heisman, right? I thought so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. As a defensive um, player. Okay, whatever you but say. But that's, what, that's what popped the top of my head. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of guys. But, like, we, we obviously did no preparation for this. So this is just basically what. Washington State's easy, I think. Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe, yeah. I mean, he's he would be a big upgrade over Cam Ward. I think that uh, that one I think is obvious. Yeah, um, they've had some really good like corners and stuff. Like, but yeah, I think I think you go Bledsoe. Yeah, nice. All right, I think we did all right with that. All right, so here's the thing. Oh, uh, somebody said, and this is probably correct. Instead of Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson. I for, said Ochocinco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I said Ochocinco too. Okay. But I mean, either one of them, but. Um, so James wrote us a pretty long email. Um, he's a Jake from UW that was, no, no, no. He asked us not to read this. I know I'm saying like, it's pretty long. And then he says, after writing this email and reflecting on it further, I decided I should ask you not to read it on the show. Thank you from Jake. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't want us to read it. So that's fine. Okay. We won't read it. This Uh, is from Frank in Sacramento. It's been done before. On November 30th, 2014, UAB decided to close down the football program. UAB football was uh, reopened on August 18th, 2017, with more retiring scholarship players, 13, than Colorado has now, 12. Wow. Returning, I assume he means. Oh, yeah. He put retiring. Returning. Um, that's, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That they closed the program down for three years, and they still had more guys. Insane. Hmm. There's that. And then... Uh, Baxter, uh, Colorado burns through dear Dave and Ryan regarding your discussion of how Deion Sanders treated the Colorado players. I disagree with Dave. No, uh, most people do. Nope. Try that again. He disagrees with Dave. Try it again. He says agrees with Dave. Fine. (laughs) I was trying to like slip a fight. (laughs) He shows no class in the, in his quote, you're not my guy, way to clean out his roster. When Mick Cronin got the head coaching job at UCLA, his first message to players were, whoever shows up to practice tomorrow is, quote, my guy. He did that to show that he had no preconceived notions about players playing time, bringing in his guys, etc., and showed he had class. Now, granted, this was before the transfer portal and basketball with 15 or so players is a little easier to manage than a football team with 75 players, but there's class... And there's no class. Personally, I think Dion is bringing a ton of new energy to a team, to the team. And Colorado has, uh, I think it means has to be excited about something different than Carl Durrell sleepwalking on the sidelines. My personal prediction is unless he surrounds himself with a lot of good X's and O's coaches and coaches who can clean up his messes that he will make uh, everywhere he goes, his tenure at Colorado will flame out even more dramatically than his quote, new sheriff in town intro. But I guess when you're 111, anything, even a dude with a few years coaching experience in a cowboy hat, will be an improvement. Baxter. So I don't want to align myself entirely with this. I, I think Baxter. I do now, after reading the whole thing. He agrees with Dave. Dave <laughs> because, hates uh, this. Because I wouldn't describe any of this as like related to uh, class. Um, cutting more or less the entire uh, friggin' roster for Colorado is not necessarily the issue here. Um, that's whatever 
Like you cut a bunch of guys. Well, they're a shitty team, so you're probably going to have to do that anyway. They were very terrible. Like Mick Cronin inherited a basketball roster that had like a bunch of four stars on it. Yeah, you don't want to cut those guys. But uh, Deion Sanders recruited uh, inherited a roster that was like half recruited by Carl Durrell, so they were all you know guys who were really easy to get that uh, he didn't have to compete for, and uh, who just put out a one and eleven season. Cutting all those guys is not necessarily the issue. Now the way it was done. It's just kind of shitty. Right. Like, you don't need to be that shitty. You could cut those many guys without, like, acting like... But, like, class is, like, a weird way of describing it. Um, It's just being a dick. He was a dick in a way that you don't need to be when you're doing something that's, like, you know, a little bit dicky, but has to be done. You don't need to be even more of a dick about it. Like, you don't need to, like, not know the guy's names that you're cutting. It doesn't take that much work to memorize... 80 guys' names in the three months you've been in the program. Yeah. It's just being an asshole. Um, so don't do that. If like if you're going to have to fire somebody, you don't want it to be like, I, I don't really know your name, but you suck, so get the hell out of right. here. Like, you don't need the bad feelings on top of everything else. Guys get it. I mean, yeah, they're kids, but they get the nature of the sport right now. They get that they were 1-11 last year. They get that they're not very good. They get all that stuff. But you could be less of a dick about it. Like, you can be yes. like, hey, so here's the deal. I'm bringing in a lot of guys, uh, Jake, or whatever your name is. Uh, Jake, I'm bringing in a lot of guys. Your scholarship's here, but you're not going to play. You're not even going to be on the scout team because I need better guys on the scout team. Now, I, I, that's not to diminish you. You can find a level to play at, and we're going to help you. You know, we've got a bunch of support staff here who are going to make calls for you. But, you can't stay here. Um, and I'm a new coach, so I can't. You don't have to go home, but I, you can't stay here. You can stay at Colorado. You're just not going to be on the football team because I can cut you too. Yeah. But I want you to find a good spot, and I don't like I, I, I don't want this to be hard feelings. It's just the reality of the situation. And it's a blunt conversation, but recognize you know the guy's name and explain to him the situation and then uh, tell him you'll help him out. Um, there's no hard feelings as much then. Or there might be, but at least you haven't again been a huge asshole about it um so i guess that's more my thing with how dion uh reportedly treated these guys uh you know know their names um the other part i i, I mean i don't think you can take anything from this except i think he has set himself a little bit further back on the rebuild time because i think you <laughs> there there was more wheat than chaff than uh 12 scholarship returners would indicate um you probably could have retained a little bit more and had a better leg up heading into this year um i don't think there was any need to cut whatever it ended up being 50 scholarship guys something like that i think it you got to a point though where if you're going to cut that many you're also going to lose some guys that you didn't want to lose because right. it's just like I mean, it's, a bunch every, of, it's yeah. too much. It's like there's too much there. And one, like, hey, I'm out of here. If you're one of 12 returning, you got to be like, I'm either the best guy on this team and it's <laughs> obvious and clear, or I'm the worst guy and it doesn't matter where I go, I'm going to be the worst guy. Because if you have even a pulse, it's like, this dude is bringing in 60 new players this year. Where am I going to fit into that if yeah. I'm a returner? Like, he's going to prioritize his guys. So, what, why would I even stay here? Yeah. So, like, for Montoni and Lamonius Craig, for him, I mean, they're bringing in a shitload of receivers. Right. So, if you're Lamonius Craig, you're like, well, I'm pretty good. And I can I, go somewhere else. But I can go somewhere else. And also, I might have a better leg up with a different coach who is wanting me versus Deion Sanders, who's inheriting me. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I, I think he's. 
I, I don't think I, I'm still pretty bullish on Dion actually working out at Colorado. I just think it might take a little bit longer because of what he's done uh, with the roster. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm not as uh, down on on this. I get you know I get it. Like you, you're one eleven, and you were lucky to win that one game. One of the worst college football teams ever. Band aids aren't going to help. You need drastic changes. Yeah. So I'm not going to be critical of like, hey, you need drastic changes. He's making drastic changes. Is it too much? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we got a late voicemail that came in. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, I saw this question on the college football Reddit, um, the college football subreddit, and I was curious to see if it applied to your program. Um, you know, one of the questions that was or prompt that was put on there was, uh, you know, what was the loss that really broke your program or or changed the trajectory? Um, and so I was wondering if for for your guys' teams with USC and UCLA, if there's a loss that you guys kind of look back on or you know, what the biggest loss was that you guys really wonder how would things have been different um, had the result gone the other way. Just kind of curious if anything sticks out to you guys. Thanks. For USC, UCLA? Um, I mean, for USC, you could probably go like the Texas Rose Bowl, right? Where, you know, you had a 34-game win streak or whatever and you would have won another title. Probably that one. I mean, but there were some games after that too where they lost, like you know, the thirteen to nine game to UCLA. Like, do you go on and win a championship that year? Um, but I'd probably just go the Rose Bowl. That's probably the easiest one for for me. What what would you say? Sorry, there was breaking news. Nutshell. What's the uh, question? Oh, I, I just had some. Oh, if oh you there's some UCLA news. Yeah, or yeah something? no, just a basketball thing. What? Oh yeah, so it doesn't. Um, Bronny James was it that or no? No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna be crazy, by the way. Yeah. Um, and they got Rodman's kid too uh-huh. to transfer. Yeah. There's only one basketball. <laughs> this is Isaiah Collier, dude. I guess he's good. I don't know. Apparently. Um. Anyway, yeah. If uh, change your like, there was a Reddit question. Mm-hmm. You could change one loss, like for UCLA, like what, oh Miami '98. Miami '98. Okay. Yeah. Nice. They would have competed for a national championship that year. All right. Um, let's do a few chat questions and we'll get out of here. Uh, Scott says, I'm disappointed there isn't a nickname for POC fans. I put this up in the beginning. Do we need a nickname for the POC fans? Um, posers, posers, no posers, pockers. I said pockmarks. I don't know. Um, yeah. Think about it in the chat. People let us know what you think. Uh, come up with something good. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm down with anything. Do you like it when people call the like their like uh, I think I think it was uh, what's his name uh, Jim Rome started calling his listeners the clones, and I think that um, sort of started that that trend or whatever. Uh, Eddie is Chip Kelly Maui stuck on an island. Uh, Chip changed the world and used to have magic but is now a shell of himself. Is Dante more, I think, his magical fish hook, he means? A little confusing. What do you think? Mm, um, yeah, I'm kind of... So... Not worded very well, I think. I mean... I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on, on board. Um, so the magical fo- fish hook for Maui 
is the source of his magical powers. It's like his oh. ability to do certain oh, okay. things. Okay, this is like a Disney thing. But okay. he had the hook, and then he lost the hook, and then he got it back. So it would have to be like, I think the the hook would be going back to like a blur offense. But come on, let's, he's not doing that, and also the offense is fine. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a perfect analogy. Uh, okay. And then we got one last one from Random. That's the YouTube name. Can the Washington schools beat the Big Ten teams again this season? So Washington has Michigan State, and Washington State has Wisconsin, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, Washington's going to East Lansing, I think, because they played. Is that right? Washington's going to be at East Lansing, and then uh, Wisconsin's coming to Pullman because Washington State went to uh, Madison last year and got that big win. That was a a huge win early in the season. Right. Uh, So Wisconsin upgraded their coach, getting uh, Luke Fickle. Mm -hmm. Michigan State's sort of reeling. I think Washington will probably wipe the floor with Michigan State. I'm not sure about Wisconsin, but it's not easy to come all the way to Pullman and play. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a chance of beating both of them. I mean, Wisconsin at Pullman is going to be interesting. Um, Unless they're doing that in Seattle. I don't know. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I think it's supposed to be the first uh, Power power 5 non-conference in Pullman in like, uh, I don't know, 150 years. years, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I think... um, uh, Michigan State should be not very good again, so I think Washington will have a really good chance in that one. And then you know, Washington State will be fine, and who knows if Wisconsin will be ready to go in Luke Fickle's first year. Yeah, we had a couple um, ideas. Carlos says, "How about the Dominions? The, the dumb minions? Dumb minions? Okay." Uh, Howell says, "The uh, fighting Larry Scotts." I mean, getting Larry Scott in there would be something, you know, if we could. Oh, it, what's Larry Scott's middle name? <laughs> hmm. Some good ideas. I wish we, uh, it doesn't have his middle name. Because I was thinking if it was like something like Larry David Scott, then yeah. we could be the LDS or something. Ah. Would that be? But then it was pretty obscure. Reference. No, but it'd be kind of Mormons. You know, it'd be kind oh, of fun. So really, just, you were hoping that he had David. As yeah, yeah just you know, thinking, thinking out loud. That is my middle name. Uh, it's my first name. I, I, I've I've known that. Yeah. yeah, for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should wrap things up. Somehow we went out hour and a half talking about nothing. All right. Well, UCLA spring football. What about with our names, Rivids, uh, Dians? Oh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Champions? That, champs. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I don't know. We come up with something. I'm not, nothing's like popping into my brain. Like sometimes you get good at this and then like right now I'm just like. The mighty Herocious? Like a singular? Like the Cardinal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the Herocious? Yeah, I was going to say the Herocians or yeah. Herocians or the Herocians. <laughs> Uh, all right. I think we got to go. You think we got to go? I feel like I didn't get laughing gas at the dentist's office, but I feel like I've got some <laughs> somehow. Maybe it was like residual. Maybe it was just on in the room I was in while I was getting my teeth cleaned. Yep. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to wrap things up. 
Uh, but right over there is uh, David David Woods. I am Ryan Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.